It's our 100th episode of Malpractice Insights, and I can't even believe it. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has tuned in for the last few years. Whether you've just stumbled upon our show with a question on a specific malpractice-related topic, or you're a regular listener, I'm so grateful that you've taken the time to be here, and I truly hope that you've found the information that we've shared here helpful. So thank you again. Today, we're going to do a little question and answer session, and I've put together some top malpractice insurance tips for you. So let's dive into them together. Stay tuned. Welcome to Malpractice Insights, the show dedicated to helping healthcare professionals understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. My name is Jennifer Wiggins, CEO of Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. Okay, uh, this is Jeff DeSelm, Communications Director for Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I've got some questions for you, Jennifer. So uh, here's the first question. If you were a new grad just starting out for the very first time, what are the main things you'd be doing to get yourself started with malpractice coverage? So if I was a new grad, um, the first couple of things that I would be doing is, first of all, I would find myself a good agent. Um, I'd want to make sure it was an agent that had access to all of the top carriers that really understood what they were doing. And I would start the process of getting quotes for many different types of insurance. So, you know, when you're just starting off, it is the perfect time to really make sure you're very well versed in the differences between occurrence and claims made coverage. So we talk about those two topics on this show a lot, and that's because it's really important. And quite frankly, it's really confusing. So now is the best time to really make sure you're comfortable with the differences, you understand what the long-term pricing looks like, you understand what the really long-term coverage value benefits are, one versus the other, and you're picking the one that's the right fit for you. So if I'm just starting off, I'm getting an agent that knows what they're doing, I'm going to be comparing occurrence versus claims made policy types. I'm going to probably also look at a few different limits to kind of compare what the difference would be for, you know, a 1 million, 3 million versus maybe a 2 million, 4 million policy limit. Um, and then making a decision on what's the appropriate level of coverage for me. And then I'm also probably going to be doing some comparing of the actual carriers themselves. So obviously you need to know what type of policy, what limits you want to carry. But the, you know, the other most important thing, in my opinion, is who's actually covering you. So making sure that it's a carrier that is, you know, experienced, strong financials. They're going to be here for the long run. They have a lot of um, value added services and benefits to provide to you, whether it's risk management training. Um, maybe some value added things like a savings account or dividend payments or other types of things that are beneficial to providers. So really taking your time to compare all of your options at the time of starting your first practice is really, really important. So that's what be my recommendation. So get an agent, um, compare your options, look at pricing between occurrence and claims made, really take a close look at the different carriers and then make a selection so that you can get yourself credentialed and on your way. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Uh, thank you for sharing some of those helpful tips. Um, so let's move on past new grads and now assume that you're an employed doctor. Maybe you work for a hospital or the VA or another employer of some sort and you're considering going off on your own. What should you be thinking about now to make sure that you're set up for success with your malpractice insurance? Um 
you know, now is a really good time to make sure I'm comfortable with the various kinds of insurance that are available to me. So what I've found is when I've talked to doctors in the past who have been working for an employer like a hospital or some other facility where their insurance has been provided for them, you know, they really don't know a lot in terms of what are the different types of insurance, how do you pick a carrier, they're kind of starting from scratch. So I would probably answer this question very similarly to how I would answer the first one. Because for a lot of these employed guys, they're leaving and they really are kind of shopping around for the very first time. So again, now is a great time for you to find an agent that you know, that you trust, that has access to a lot of the good carriers, who knows what they're talking about. Um, Take a look at occurrence versus claims made coverage. Really take a close look at the available policy types between each different company. And then make sure you're selecting a policy that's obviously priced competitively, but it's going to be the right long-term fit for you. So depending on what you're going to be doing, you know, if you're going to be doing telemedicine, it has to be a carrier that can cover you in all of the different states you're going to be working in. If you're going to be doing 1099 work, you want to make sure it's a policy that's priced appropriately for maybe, um, you know, contract type of work, part-time coverage or something where it's a little bit more cost-effective. So all of those things very similar to the first question are things that a provider would want to start looking at if they're considering leaving their practice. And we do have some episodes, I think, that specifically talk about what you should do as you're preparing to leave, such as taking a look at your um, employment contract to make sure you're clear on what's expected of you, who's buying your tail insurance. So I'd go back and probably watch those episodes if I could to make sure I've got everything um, taken care of before I walk out the door. You can definitely see that uh, a quality malpractice insurance agent can make a huge difference in filling the gaps when you're not sure how to move forward or what to do. So let's switch roles now once again and pretend that you're a practice manager or an administrator or a CEO of a medical practice. I'm sure one of the biggest concerns with MedMal for them is being able to provide quality coverage without overpaying. So if you're one of those individuals, what should you be doing to ensure that your group has excellent coverage and that you're not paying too much? You know, there is a certain amount of education that you also need to have under your belt in terms of understanding the types of coverage, understanding the risk for your practice as a whole. Um, But probably the most important thing is for this person to have a knowledgeable malpractice insurance agent that is their ally and is helping them navigate the market. So it can be really overwhelming for a CEO to try to do this on their own um, because it's hard to really get a straight answer in terms of which carrier is the best, which price is appropriate for us. So I think really making sure you have an ally that's going to help you navigate the complex waters of the malpractice insurance world is probably the most important thing. But again, making sure you have a good general understanding of occurrence versus claims made. You also need to be thinking about what are the um, rules that you're going to practice in terms of hiring. Are you going to require all of your providers to carry the same type of insurance? What are you going to do when providers leave? Are you going to offer claims made coverage with tail? Are you going to require people to buy their own tail when they leave? So there are additional risks and things that a practice administrator would need to be thinking about that are different than what physicians are thinking about because you're talking about protecting the risk of the practice as a whole. So making sure that each doctor is covered appropriately, the practice is covered appropriately, and that you're not leaving yourself exposed to any unnecessary risk. So again, just crossing those T's and dotting those I's with tail coverage 
making sure everything is really buttoned up with making sure as people come and go, it's done cleanly and effectively so that everyone is covered the way they should be. And a good agent will then help you so that you're not overpaying. So every year at renewal, you'll be working with your agent to be reassessing your current coverage. So making sure that what you have still fits with what you guys are doing. If you're gonna be expanding or growing or maybe adding a new practice location, you wanna make sure that the policy is appropriate for what you're gonna be doing next. And if it makes sense for you to shop around, a good agent will also be able to help you do that. So to compare coverage options with all of the available carriers, and then to give you some options and some more information to be able to help you decide which company is the right one for you to move forward with. So that's what I would do if I were a practice administrator. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, lots of unique considerations for those particular positions. So let's talk about telemedicine next. Obviously, uh, it's growing more and more, particularly since 2020. Uh, what do doctors need to know about malpractice insurance if they're considering doing virtual care in the future? All right, so telemedicine is becoming really popular, and a lot of people are adding telemedicine to their practice, even if it's not 100% of what they're doing. A lot of providers now, even if they just have an in-office practice, they're still offering virtual care to their existing patients. So there's a few things that doctors need to know if they're considering adding this to their practice. First of all, you need to make sure that your current carrier will cover this. If it's obviously, if it's just your current um, patient base, you're not doing any work outside of your current city or state, your current malpractice insurance will probably cover that at no additional cost. But if you're considering going out of state, so if you're gonna maybe start seeing patients in a bordering state, or maybe in another state on the other side of the country. You just need to make sure that your malpractice carrier can cover you in those states. So the thing that you need to know with how those are priced is basically it's based on what states are you working in and what's the percent of practice in each of those states. So the carriers generally will price this kind of coverage based on those two factors. So if you're in Ohio, Florida, and New York, they need to know how often are you in Ohio, Florida, and New York? Are you there 50, 30, 20%? Are you there 80%, 10%, 10%? So they really need to know not only the states that you're there, um, what, what states you're practicing in, but how often you, will you be working there? And then they'll be able to price you out accordingly based on how often you'll be in those particular locations. So really making sure you're aligned with a carrier that can meet your needs with that is the best thing. The second thing to consider is obviously the type of coverage that you need to carry. So occurrence versus claims made comes back into play here as well, because if you're on a claims made policy, you really need to make sure you're working with your agent to ask the questions of what happens if I start working in a state and then I stop working in a state? Do I have to buy tail insurance if I leave that state? Are there any other ramifications I should be aware of? Those types of things are really important for telemedicine providers to know. If it's an occurrence policy, it's pretty straightforward. You don't have to worry about any of that. But again, all of those are things that telemedicine doctors are unique to their practice that they would need to explore and make sure they have buttoned down before they decide to dip their toe into virtual care. All right, last one for today. What about independent contractors, locum tenens doctors, or 1099 providers? What do they need to know about malpractice insurance? So kind of some similar answers with each of these. So what do 1099s, independent contractors, or locums doctors need to know? Very similar to the other ones, they really need to understand occurrence versus claims made 
and they also need to make sure they know what's required of them wherever they're going to be working. So what's nice about 1099 or independent contract work is that you generally get to carry your own malpractice insurance and that's a blessing and a curse. So right, it's not covered for you, so it's not paid for and you're responsible for that premium on your own. But the good thing is you can pick whatever company you want. You can get whichever policy type that you want and you're gonna have a policy that's gonna be able to cover you wherever you go. So you won't be bound by those limited policies that are often seen with employment where you're only covered for the work that you do at that particular location. So independent contractors, 1099s, locums, what you need to know about malpractice insurance is you're really in the driver's seat. So you're now able to secure a policy that's gonna be just right for what you're doing and it can cover you no matter where you go. So again, just price out occurrence versus claims made, talk to your agent and figure out which one of those two is gonna be the right fit for you. If you're gonna be working in more than one state, again, make sure it's a carrier that can follow you into each of those different states. And then just make sure you keep an eye on things. So if you're only gonna be working part-time to begin with, make sure you're getting a part-time rate because that's gonna make your premium much, much lower. But then if your hours begin to increase and you need to make adjustments, then obviously you can always bump that up if you need to. But this is really a great position for you to be in because you truly can choose whichever kind of coverage you want and you're not gonna have it dictated to you by your employer. And you can basically have one policy that covers you wherever you wanna work. So it's a great position to be in and you just need to find an agent that can help you shop around and make a smart choice. If you have any questions on these topics or you want to make sure that you're covered appropriately, click the link in the description box below where you can connect with us via phone, email, or chat today. And if you're listening, please visit us online at aegismalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S malpractice.com. And don't forget that our mailbag link is now live on our website. So if you have a question that you'd like me to answer here on the podcast, check out the link below where you can drop us a line and ask your question or schedule a quick 10 minute phone call for a personal consultation to discuss your unique insurance needs. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.